Now in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethzata, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, The man who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take it up and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. Um, but, sorry. But Jesus answered them, My father is still working and I and also am working. For this reason, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, thereby making himself equal to God. This is the word of the Lord. Our special sermon today, we've got uh, Joey, who is our minister from the Chinese congregations, both the Cantonese, and, but his main focus is the Mandarin. Come on up, Joey. And um, Joey's also an ordination candidate due to be ordained uh, in February as deacon. Looking forward to that. Um, and it's his first time preaching here uh, at the 10.30 service. He has preached twice at the 8.30. Uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Joey being around for a number of years, but we're really looking forward to hearing you speak today, and I want to pray for you before you begin. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Joey, uh, for his love for you, for his uh, willing to serve, uh, for this uh, willing to come and preach in English, and I pray that you would empower him, fill him with your spirit, fill him with your love pray that he would minister out of your love, grant him great confidence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hi, everyone. Today we will continue the Gospel of John series. Uh, we are in the John 5 today. I have never owned a car in Singapore, mainly because the cost is too high. Plus, the train system in Singapore is very convenient. Whether it is to school or church, the train can get you there. But one situation that makes it hard to travel is when it is raining heavily and I don't have an umbrella. I'm also the kind of person who finds that to has uh, to find it a hassle to go out with an umbrella. So I had to suffer the consequences of being stuck in one place in the rain. I remember once when I come out from the metro station with my school just across the route. It was raining heavily. I didn't have an umbrella with me, and it was almost time for class. It made me feel very helpless. Luckily, I met an acquaintance from school who invited me to share an umbrella with him and helped me through two traffic lights to reach the school across the road. In today's passage, we read a paralyzed man who had been waiting for 38 years to be healed. The coming of Jesus brought about a change in his situation, like providing a covering for the man trapped in the rain. This is the third of the seven miracles recorded in John's Gospel. While the first two were both people asking Jesus for mercy. Second miracle is the last week's text emphasized the asking in faith. The centurion saw Jesus desperately, running to him from afar to ask him to heal his son. And today's third miracle places particular emphasis, emphasize on the compassion of Jesus. Jesus comes to a place called Bethesda, House of Mercy, where there are many people various, with various physical defeats. It is as if the Gospel of John begins by introducing Jesus as God in the flesh, coming to the world full of problems. A gracious coming that shows God's merciful initiative. The paralyzed man has been living with the hope of being healed for 38 years. And every day, his hope has been shattered by the realities of his situation. If hope could be counted, after the eight years of disappointment, I wonder how much hope in text he would have left. When Jesus came to the paralytic, he asked him, do you want to be healed? 
Imagine if we, are, if we were in a similar situation as a paralyzed man, repeatedly, repeatedly met with disappointment for 38 years. Today, a passerby you do know stops and asks you, do you want to be healed? Maybe our answer is, who wouldn't want to be the lucky one? Chosen to be the subject of the condition study by the world's medical, term, medical teams. But alas, it will only happen to other people. The paralytic answered Jesus and said, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going another step down before me, That's why, if we don't know who his passerby is, you won't even begin to imagine that this passerby might be the doctor who can cure your illness. If you knew who this person was, your attitude would be different and your reaction would not be the same. The paralytic answer suggests that he did not recognize Jesus. Maybe he had not heard of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Compare this with the blind man. Although his eyes were blind, he had heard of Jesus Christ. When he heard Jesus was nearby, he took opportunity to shout for Jesus to have mercy on him. Or take again the four good friends who, when they heard Jesus preaching right inside the house, took the roof of the house and they let down the paralytic on a pallet from the roof to Jesus. This paralyzed man lay in Bethesda for 38 years because no one told him about Jesus and he didn't have four good friends to carry him to Jesus. God's grace come to this paralyzed man who knew nothing of Jesus, reflecting human importance and God's mercy. The story of Jesus' healing of paralytic tells us that we sinners are powerless in the knowledge of God's salvation. If it were not for God's grace and mercy, we would only remain paralyzed in our ignorance. Next, in verse 8, Jesus says to the paralytic, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Imagine this. Once upon a time, two good friends were walking by the lake, and one of them lost his footing and fell into the lake shouting, help me, I can't swim. To which his friends on the shore replied loudly, don't you worry, just swim to the shore and you will be safe. When Jesus commanded the paralytic to get up, it sounded completely absurd to those who did not know who Jesus was. It was as if the man who was struggling in the water heard his best, best friend 
tell him to swim to the shore, and he suddenly become a professional swimmer, swimming towards the shore in a butterfly stroke. This is what Jesus said when he said, get up. And immediately the man was healed, took, his, took up his mattress and ran away. Jesus healed the paralytic and used his miracle as the basis for his message to the people. Illustrates what he said in John 5, 24, the power of his word and the gift of life. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. When the paralyzed man was cured, he didn't lie there and thinking, great. The next time when the water stirs up, I will be the first one to go down into the pool. Because I'm the most complete person here. I can move faster than anyone else. The scripture tells us that he immediately took up his bed and walked. Where did he go? Not to the pool, but leave the place and go to the temple. Or one would think that the after-heal paralytic would not be foolish enough to, to, say, to stay there and wait for the water in the pool to stir. Perhaps we all have this problem to a greater or lesser extent. We have many things that paralyze our lives. The outer body is intact, but inner mind is paralyzed. In a way, I seem to be paralyzed sometimes. Knowing that I had a lot to do, instead, physically lying on the sofa watching television and continuing to watch despite the sometimes boring nature of TV programs. As is bound by the spell of the sofa. Once, when I was discussing with, uh, with my daughter about the sermon's preparation, my elder daughter, I told her about my condition. She replied that my condition could be a form of ADHD paralysis. I don't know what is that. So later, when I read what she forwarded to me about it, I discover that there really are so many different kinds of paralysis. A condition similar to mine is known as task paralysis. The inability to start or finish a task. Of course, I know that not that simple. I know that the real cause of mine is 90% of laziness. <laughs> yeah, another 10% don't know what. I have found that among the many categories presented in this article, in addition to task paralysis, there is what is known as mental paralysis and choice paralysis. 
But that is another kind of paralysis that is not mentioned here. And that is spiritual paralysis. This kind of paralysis is not kind of disease, but it is a human condition. Because of sin, mankind has fallen into spiritual paralysis. The intervention, the intervention of sin, we lost this wholeness, which breaks us down in our relationship with our Creator and leads to our spiritual paralysis. Our handicap is not really our physical or mental handicap. Our real handicap is our spiritual paralysis. In our words, our souls have lost a true place to belong. We try to save ourselves in our own way. Trying to fill the emptiness in our hearts, spending our lives busily chasing after achievements, status, or material things. The result is that we become mentally paralyzed and even physical illness. Jesus Christ said to the paralytic, do you want to be healed? Another one, another word for heal is make whole. Do you wish to be made whole? The healing that Jesus brings to us is that we may be made whole. Just as God completed creation in six days and then entered into the rest of se on the seven days, so the whole creation, included mankind, are in the state of wholeness. Today, although we are temporarily in this fragmented world, our health being, is being harmed by the viruses and the war between nations affects our daily lives, yet we wait with true hope of Jesus has promises, the second coming of Jesus Christ. At a time, we will enjoy wholeness, environmental and relational wholeness where there is true contentment and eternal rest. But now, we are waiting in the way that is not the kind of waiting that lies on the sofa and lies helplessly by the Bethesda pool. Our waiting is dynamic waiting. Our God is a working God. And Jesus is the one who comes with a big umbrella to cover us when we are immobilized in our in the downpour. That we may not be paralyzed in the generation of heavy downpours. But under his big umbrella, we keep pace with him until we reach the destination. I would like to conclude today's passage with a verse of scripture. Jesus said, come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you a rest. Amen.